Welcome to Not Your Daughter's Witchcraft, podcast hosted by me, Lilith Amberley. If you're exploring witchcraft for something beyond the aesthetic, if some social media platforms make you cringe and say, that's not me, if you're looking to build a practice that enhances your life, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, my friend. Welcome to this week's episode of Not Your Daughter's Witchcraft. So if you have trouble meditating like I used to, this episode is for you. I was sitting here working on module two of Jumpstart Your Magical Practice, which is all about the power within us and how to strengthen it to improve our spellcraft. But I know that many people have trouble meditating, so I thought I would record an episode with some of my own hacks that helped to improve my practice. So first, I want to start with a story about the second way meditation transformed my life. The first was by strengthening my magic, but the second was that it helped me work through panic attacks that I was having while I was driving. So if you have ever experienced any kind of anxiety or panic attacks, you know one of your worst nightmares is having one while you're driving down the road. So panic attacks were new to me and they started to happen when I hit perimenopause a few years ago. And the very first one happened while I was driving a car. So again, how scary is that? It happened when I was on the highway and after that, it happened a few more times. Again, when I was on a highway or when I was going over a bridge. So here's what I started to do. First, I started with workarounds. You know, I just stay off the highway. I'd stay off the bridges. If I had to do something or go somewhere that required a highway, I would take the back road. And the worst of it was when I actually drove four hours, that's right, hours, out of my way to avoid a highway. So here I was eight hours from home, and I knew that in a few days I would have to drive back. So it was an eight-hour trip on a good day, not with the workaround. It took me 12 hours to get where I was going on the way there. So I knew I had to come back home and I really did not want to drive for 12 hours. And I knew that there was no time to go see a healthcare provider or anything like that while I was away. I was going to have to make the trip back and I really didn't want to drive those additional four hours. So I started Googling and researching how to help myself. And part of the answer was meditation. Big surprise. So here's what I did. I entered a meditative state and I envisioned a place of tranquility. So whatever that is for you, you know, a beach, a mountain, somewhere quiet, wherever. And in that meditation, I really experienced that place. I tried to take in the sights, the sound, everything around it. And while doing that, I inhaled the actual scent of lavender. So I had some lavender there and I was smelling it. So once I had this locked in, this place of tranquility, I switched my vision to being in the car driving down the highway. And as soon as I started to feel myself getting anxious, then I'd switch back to that vision of tranquility immediately. I would try to do it very quickly. And I kept making this switch over and over. And at first it was difficult, but it got easier and easier. So I did this several times a day, every day until my trip back home. The second thing I did was really begin to notice my body during the meditation. How did it feel? Was I clenching my jaw? Was I holding my belly tight? And once I recognized those things, I would actively work to release that tension. So I got really good at picking up these signals. And not only would I relax the body part, I'd tell myself, your jaw is tight. It's okay. That's just how you feel. 
relax. I didn't reprimand myself or tell myself to stop because sometimes when you do this, it only makes it worse. So I would recognize the feeling, acknowledge it, tell myself that it's okay, it's just how I feel, and then work on relaxing. And then I made the eight hour trip home. I drove 55 miles an hour. I didn't pass a soul all the way down Interstate 95. I just focused on that shift. So when I'd start to feel anxious, I'd begin to shift my focus to that state where I, you know, was very peaceful and relaxing. I'd recognize how my body felt and I did a whole lot of self-talk and this was really a lifesaver for me. So meditation has helped me certainly in more than one way. So what do we really know about meditation? Because you hear all of these things about how it helps just about everything from pain to blood pressure to irritable bowel syndrome. Well, the jury is still out on a lot of it because many of the studies that have been done are or have been small. They've been small sample sizes and they often had conflicting results. However, there's stronger evidence that links meditation and its effect on anxiety, like I was describing. There's studies that show a link between meditation and the functioning of the amygdala, which is part of the brain responsible for fight or flight. So normally when something in your external environment is perceived by your body as being dangerous or concerning, that information gets relayed to a part of our brain called the thalamus, which then sends a message to the frontal lobes of our cerebral cortex, and that's where logical reasoning takes place. So our frontal lobes, they apply that logical reasoning to the information that they receive. And then if there are emotions involved with the information, they send a message to the amygdala and we react emotionally, but in an appropriate way. So sometimes what happens though is the, the thalamus receives that external information and they're like, hey, we don't have time to, or I don't have time to send this to the frontal lobe so they can sort it out. I need to send it directly to the amygdala. And when that happens, fight or flight kicks in and stress hormones are released in our body. And sometimes that's completely appropriate and we need it. But when this starts to happen regularly, it can cause anxiety and longer term stress. We also know that meditation has short term effects and may have longer term effects on the pineal gland. That's also a part of our brain. It's a gland deep inside our brain. And I found several studies that indicated that during meditation, our melatonin levels increase. So melatonin is that hormone that helps us sleep at night. And this is important because melatonin is produced by the pineal gland. So we know that meditation affects the pineal gland because we know that melatonin is increased. And what we know in spiritual practices and magical practices is that the pineal gland is said to be the source of the third eye. So of course, you're not going to find that in any scientific study, but it's common belief in many cultures and many religions throughout the world for thousands of years that that is the source of our third eye. And our third eye is associated with things like our psychic abilities, our intuition, and connection with the higher self. This is where it comes into our magic. And the whole reason meditation is a foundational part of my practice, which is why I want to help you with it if you're having a hard time. So I have 10 tips and tricks to help you. And I'm going to start with number one, because I think this is the most important one. So if you're multitasking right now, refocus, come back to me, because this is important. The number one thing you need to remember is that if you find yourself getting distracted during meditation, you are successful. That's right. If you're distracted, you're successful. Meditation is all about recognizing our thoughts and letting them go. We often have this vision of meditation where we're sitting there and our mind is completely blank. You're experiencing Zen for like an hour, 
But unless you're a master at this and have practiced for years or decades or maybe even a lifetime, that doesn't happen. Meditation is about sitting there. And when you begin to recognize those thoughts that come into your mind, you release them. So it's recognizing them and releasing them. And every time you do that, you're successful. And the sooner that you're able to recognize the thought and release it, the more successful you're going to be. What you'll notice over time is that those distracting thoughts get fewer and fewer. So that's number one. Number two, if you're having difficulty, start with a guided meditation. A guided meditation is going to be much, much easier when you're first starting out than to just have to rely on yourself being focused on something like your breath or a mantra. Because when you're listening to a guided meditation, it's still giving your brain something to do. So be sure to pick one that goes through relaxation techniques at the beginning. If you need one, go to my resources, go to witchlifeacademy.lilithamberly.com forward slash resources. And when you sign up for my VIP list, you're going to have access to all of my free resources. And I just recorded a brand new guided meditation specifically to help you with this. The link to that will be in the show notes. So number three, Use scent with your meditation. Pick something that's relaxing to you and use it every time you meditate, including those guided meditations. Your mind is going to start connecting that scent with relaxation and meditation, which is going to make it easier for you down the road. Try something like lavender, vetiver, clary sage. Remember, smell is linked to deep memory. When you smell the same scent regularly with your practice, your mind begins to make an immediate connection to it. Number four. Experiment with your timing. Try doing your meditation first thing in the morning. Like, I mean, get out of bed, go to the bathroom if you really have to, and then sit down and do your meditation. So before you check your email, before you get on social media, before any of that, before you're up and preparing lunch for somebody or trying to get kids out the door, get up early enough so that you're kind of just like rolling out of bed and you go right into meditation because your mind's not going to be fully awake yet. So you're already halfway there. Number five. Start small. Even if you're using a guided meditation, don't pick something that's 30 minutes or an hour. Start with a shorter one. You know, 10 minutes is probably enough to get relaxed and go through the process. Set a timer if you need to. If you're doing this on your own, start with five minutes and work your way up from there because you want to have small successes early on. Number six. So the number six tip that I have is to do a mind dump. If your mind is all over the place, you can't even, you know, sit for 20 seconds because you have too much on your mind. And this happens. And it doesn't just happen to me when I'm meditating. Sometimes it happens when I wake up in the middle of the night and then I can't get back to sleep because I have all these things running through my head. So I'll take them and I'll just start to write them down. It doesn't have to be fancy. Just get them down on a piece of paper because now I've done something with those thoughts. They're on the paper. They're out of my head and I can focus on what I'm doing. Number seven, make sure you're comfortable. If you're the kind of person that wakes up really hungry and you're doing a morning meditation, have a little cereal bar or a piece of fruit close by and eat it before you start. Now, you don't want to feel full and uncomfortable, but you don't want to be hungry either. Eight, create your sacred space. I talked a bit about sacred space back in episode one. There was three things I said you could do to get started with your magical practice today. And one of those was to create a sacred space. So create your space. Again, that's a space that's comfortable for you, somewhere where it's quiet. You can begin to make a ritual out of it and associate that state or that space with your meditation practice. So when you get there, your mind and your body already know what's going on. It's already starting to process that and it's making it easier for you to get into that mental space. Number nine, 
go outside. So if that doesn't work for you, if being inside doesn't work for you, go outside. Do some sky gazing. So this is really good to do on a clear day because the sky is going to be representing your mind. So you look up at it and you're not really focused on anything. You're going to notice that there's going to be birds or planes or clouds that pop up, you know, something else that flies through. And what you think about is, you know, that bird or the plane or the cloud that pops up, they're not the sky. They are not the sky. They're different. They're crossing the sky. So imagine that the sky is like your mind. When a thought enters, it's not you. It's not your mind. It's just something that passes through and you have the ability to let it go. So when you're looking up at the sky and a thought pops into your head, just recognize it and let it go. So finally, limit the use of blue light. That's the light that comes from your devices. Even during the day, if you wear glasses, get the kind with the lenses that have the blue light protection in them because blue light over time decreases our melatonin. So we don't get good sleep and that affects the pineal gland. Being able to meditate is important to practicing my magic because it helps me to clear the noise. Think of it like this. You're in a room full of 100 people and everyone is talking. Their voices represent all of the things that are crossing your mind in your waking hours. Now imagine that someone is trying to communicate with you by whispering from across the room. Can you hear them? I imagine that that's what it's like with the world of spirits, of nature, of our higher self, when those things are trying to communicate with us, but our mind is cluttered by all the noise, you're not going to hear the messages. The other reason it's important is because I need that focus and I need my mind to be clear to have that focus to make sure that I am able to enact my will and for it to be strong. In order for me to be successful at magic, I have to be able to focus on what I'm trying to achieve. Then I need to be able to direct my will to make those things happen, whatever it is. I imagine that most school bus drivers would probably be really good at meditating because they have to be able to shut off all the noise to an extent, at least, in order to focus on the driving. And it's the same for us. You have to be able to turn off the noise to focus. Now, before you go, I want to make sure that we stay connected. So go ahead, join my VIP list. It's witchlifeacademy.lilithamberley.com forward slash resources. The link will be in the show notes. And I want you to join my VIP list because when you do, you're going to have access to all of my free resources, the ones that are there now and the ones that I publish in the future. You're also going to have access to any upcoming offers, programs, courses, etc. that are going to come out. So I don't want you to miss that. I want to make sure that we stay connected. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and give the show a rating. That's so important, especially for newer podcasts. I would really, really appreciate that. Until next time, I hope you have a most wonderful and magical day.